Um, hi, this is Dahlia Donovan, and this is audio log one. So about 20 minutes ago, I had an emergency briefing where I was given my new assignment. Basically, I will be leading a three-week mining expedition. The objective is to locate and mine a large deposit of rare earth minerals. This deposit is about three miles off the coast of Western Africa and about a mile under the water and the Earth's crust. Our hope is that this will be the largest deposit to date. From our scans, it's possible that there are one or more caverns, so the highest risk to the operation will be gas trapped under these possible caverns. Given the physical distance to both the water and the Earth's crust from our work site to headquarters, communication to upper management will be tough. So I will be making a short daily audio log and uploading them at night. So to ensure proficiency, I'm starting today, even though the audio logs won't be essential until we're on site. Um, so yeah, this is audio log one of Mining Expedition Kappa for Enron Corporation, June 2nd, 2055. End of audio log one. June 3rd, audio log two. The mission brief is coming together. This expedition is a need to know only. Only 23 people know about Expedition Kappa and some upper middle managers have even been told that Expedition Kappa will take place in early September. This is of course a lie. This is insurance that in case someone slips up or is overheard, we are actually lying to the mining crew and telling them we'll be off the coast of Australia. This is necessary because Enron was able to develop a new technology they've been calling Magdar. This technology is used to locate mineral deposits on the planet's surface using a satellite with the Magdar box. Oh, I don't really understand how it works, but the test was last week and it worked. No one knows that we've successfully pulled this off and only half a dozen people outside of Enron even know we're working on it. So they wanna make sure we control this deposit before anyone else knows detecting these types of deposits is even possible. This is really exciting for Enron. Not only could we secure the largest deposits of any mineral on earth, with this, we could even feasibly make a profitable expedition to Mars. End of audio log two. June 4th, I will be covering logistics in this audio log. I will be leading a team of three operators, each with a rig and parts sled. I will be both the project lead and lead engineer. So now I have about three days to learn how to be a lead engineer. This is to appear as if there will be nothing out of the ordinary. I will be operating the bulk loader rig, which will serve as both the mobile base for this operation, as well as the barracks for the crew. Additionally, we will be carrying 140% of normal rations, 16 mining probes, and two times the normal mining bits. And we should be landing in Liberville International Airport in Gabon in two days, where I will meet up with the crew. They will arrive at a private hangar, so it appears that we are in Australia. From there, we will be escorted to the coast and begin operations in four days. End of audio log three. June 5th. Wow, this has been a complete scramble. I almost can't believe the amount of meetings we've had to have getting all of this sorted out. Between the problems with getting the mining equipment through customs in Gabon and the issues with the floating rig off the coast, I'm surprised we've got it all done. 
but thankfully the weather has been nice here or we might have had to suspend operations. But it looks like the weather cell that's affecting China right now might wrap around us and affect us at the end of all this, but fingers crossed. We're predicting the weather 14 to 20 days out isn't always the most accurate. This is exciting though. I feel like my whole career has led to this expedition. I am really surrounded by extremely talented colleagues, and I'm really so proud of what we've accomplished in such a short amount of time. This just goes to show that a clean and efficient operations line can really make the difference in a time of stress. Well, wheels up tomorrow, and I need to get back to pack. End of audio log four. June 6th. It's been a long day. I am in Gabon and it's about 10.30 p.m. local time. It was about a 12-hour flight from New York to Gabon and my flight got in at about 8 p.m. local time, which was about 3 p.m. New York time. I had to be at the airport at about 1 a.m. to make my flight, but it was all right because I was able to catch up on some much-needed sleep after the last couple of days. These company jets sure are something. Plenty of room, and I woke up to espresso and mimosas. Well, after a quick landing, I got dinner in the hangar with the crew. Pretty standard protocol. Introductions, quick briefing details. I don't think there will be any problems. It was actually kind of funny. I brought back some fosters from my bodega and had the kitchen serve it to the crew. They loved it. and It was kind of funny. I had to fight back a laugh or two every time they said something about being excited to see Australia. Anyways, everything seems to be in order and we've got a big day ahead of us tomorrow. End of audio log five. We have made it to the expedition base. It's a rig about three miles off the coast of Gabon and it was a hectic day with a lot of traveling. So we left the airport hangar by about 10 a.m. local time. We should have left earlier, but there were some problems getting the SUVs through to us. It had to do with the fact that the back windows were blacked out. Of course, this is necessary so the crew doesn't realize we are in Africa, which is also why we had to stay at the hangar last night. <laughs> to prevent the crew's passports from being stamped with Gabon, we had to put up with some hefty bribes, but the local president doesn't really care what we do because it's just about tripled his budget for the next couple of years, which will definitely buy him some popularity. Anyways, we took the SUVs to the coast and took our boat to the rig. Unfortunately, there were small complications at every turn, pushing our arrival to the rig about four hours behind schedule, but we made it. There was definitely some grumblings about the blacked out windows from the crew. They were upset because they didn't even get to see Australia, to which I replied, sorry boys, this is the only transport the company could provide. Also, I should probably start referring to the crew by name. Um, there's Jamie. Brock and Sam, all young operators, all from Texas. Jamie actually got motion sick on the car ride out to the coast and Sam got sick on the boat ride to the rig. So all in all, morale is starting off kind of low, but we have to be up in about four hours to make it to the ocean floor by 9 a.m. tomorrow. I better tuck in. End of audio log six. June 8th. We had an early start today and we are all exhausted. We reached the seafloor cap with no hiccups and passed all pressurization tests within the hour. Within two hours, we were all loaded up into our rigs and we started drilling. The bulk rig is a bit cramped, but we all have our own space when we're operating, so it's fine for now. 
I'm happy to report that despite yesterday's setbacks, we're on schedule to reach the deposit on time. Morale is still kind of low, but we know we're all here to do a job, and they'll get off when this is all over. Hopefully, I'll be able to take that vacation to Tahiti I've always wanted. But anyways, there's still a long way to go. End of audio log 7. June 9th. We are three kilometers ahead of schedule and morale is improving. Getting a good night's sleep last night and deciding to add extra portions to today's rations helped tremendously. One of the mining probes went off today, but Jamie has some experience with these, so I'll have her troubleshoot tomorrow. End of audio log 8. Day 3 of Mining Operation Kappa. The crew has really bought into the idea of being in Australia. They've even made a bet about who will be the first to see a kangaroo. Unfortunately, I think they will be disappointed. But what I've learned since that is that the crew works with each other regularly and that they always make a bet for good luck. If no one wins, they all pitch the money in for a round at the local bar. So it's a win-win for them. They keep telling me about this place they like. It's called The Chug. Apparently, it has a buffalo head on the wall and free pool on Wednesday nights. Sounds kind of rough if you ask me. Anyways, nothing to report. We are 3.7 kilometers ahead of schedule. End of audio log 9. Day 4 of Mining Operation Kappa. That mining probe I had Jamie take a look at, it's online but it's acting buggy. It won't connect to our local network, which shouldn't be a problem, but we can't seem to find a cause. I am a tad concerned because our biggest risk is gas possibly trapped in those caves, but one downed probe shouldn't affect our readings. Hopefully this is an isolated incident and it doesn't happen to the other probes. End of audio log 10. June 12th, day five of mining operation Kappa. The crew is working well above minimum efficiency and are really clicking together. Obviously, that's why they were picked for this expedition. However, they are beating my expectations. Honestly, I really like this crew. They make me laugh and they make the mindless part of this halfway enjoyable. They all live such different lives from me. I mean, this whole crew is from Texas and from my understanding, they go out together pretty frequently and all know each other's families, which is just different. I know about as many members of my own family as they know of each other's. And that sense of community is really cool. I don't know if I'd be into all that. It sounds like it could be a lot of drama. Well, anyways, we are 5.2 kilometers ahead of schedule. End of audio log 11. June 13th. Well, there's no way to sugarcoat this. Moisture got into our stim ration and it tastes like shit. We've noticed a small change in taste uh, for about the last two to three days and just discovered what it was. A bit too late, unfortunately. I expect a decline in productivity and possibly the need to stop mining an hour or two earlier depending upon morale. I will try to maximize the team's efficiency day over day, but I'm concerned about pushing too hard without stim and having to cut into the next day's productivity. End of audio log 12. Day 7 of Mining Operation Kappa. One full week of operations down. Unfortunately, another drone went down today. 
We still have enough drones to detect the deadly gas, but if another goes down, we're going to have to rework our drone pattern to compensate and possibly lose other capabilities. We were able to work over minimum operating hours today, and we have stabilized at 5.1 kilometers ahead of schedule both today and yesterday. End of audio log 13. June 15th. The dark is getting to me. I know that it's a rational fear based on our primal survival instincts, but it doesn't make it any easier. Thankfully, it has not affected my productivity until today. Now, for the first time, I'm really glad we had to do those anxiety sims during our internships. It made it easier to cope and push through. But today, I had to take double the prescribed dose of the benzodiazepines and hyperventilate to calm down. I don't think the crew noticed that I was feeling off. In fact, I'm pretty sure Brock was hitting on me. Honestly, that kind of helped me stay focused, and it was welcomed with my near-panic attack. He is kind of cute. I think I'll lead him on and hopefully gain some efficiency out of him, but not enough to make him distracted. Well, during operation hours, at least. End of audio log 14. Day 9 of Mining Operation Kappa. The crew have such a different life from me. It's been the topic of a lot of conversation, which at the moment is keeping morale up. They keep asking me about my life in New York, and in just explaining the day-to-day, I realize how different our lives are. For one, they cannot believe that I have never driven a car and that I have no desire to at all. (laughs) They seem absolutely fascinated by the subway, though. They think it's so funny that I pay for the business class train when there's a free one, and I tried to explain how the underground subway is terrible and gross and how amazing and beautiful the new business class subway is. I think they thought that was a little bit elitist of me, seeing as they are of the working class. I dropped it. They have been fairly interested in what it's like working corporate side, as they call it, and honestly, they all have the potential to lead expeditions in the future. It might be worth considering having them develop a training course for new miners. End of audio log 15. June 17th. Another drone went down today. We had to stop to rework our drone pattern, and fortunately it was only a 30-minute interruption as we had already done most of this work. And I still do believe that these downed drones to be a coincidence and nothing more. I do have a growing concern that if three more drones go down, we will not be able to safely detect the possible gas. However, I am fairly certain that we will reach the deposit before then. End of audio log 16. June 18th. Because of the three down probes, I'm going to have to go east 1.4 kilometers at 45 degrees, and then back west to meet up with our original course. This is to try to avoid any of the possible gas. We are still ahead of schedule, and the extended route should only cost us about half a day. Hopefully this will be safer. End of audio log 17. We discovered the most amazing thing. Around 347, the crew punctured the wall of an underground cavern. The cavern is teeming with never-before-seen species and wildlife. It's full of life and plants and the cutest little weird animals. It appears most of them are marsupials and oh my god, I've never seen anything like it. And oh, the plants have bioluminescence. I mean, it's incredible. It's the most incredible thing I've ever seen. The cavern is about 12 square kilometers from our initial drone survey and it has at least 43 unidentified plant species, 17 animal species, including four mammals and six amphibian species. Jeez. <sighs>
It appears as if this cavern has been completely shut off from all external life. This means this could be the greatest scientific discovery in centuries, maybe ever. What's even better is that because our rigs have pressurized cockpits, we were able to preserve the microbial environment integrity of the biome. The drone we sent went through a full microbial life sterilization process so no new microbials were introduced to the cavern. As of tonight, we were able to think of a process to sterilize our biosuits so we can safely enter the environment without risk of damaging the biome. Tomorrow, we will attempt to catalog all species of plants and animals so we can have a better understanding of what we are dealing with here. End of audio log 18. June 20th. We sterilized the drill and verified with the drones that all of the microbials have been contained. The biome has seen zero exposure to outside microbials. The extent of these findings are incredible. There's even a small population of a previously extinct species, the Glyptodon. I mean, this discovery could fundamentally change how we view biology and so many other fields. Following this transmission, we are sending a data pack that exceeds the maximum file size to be delivered in the standard time frame. We are attempting to deliver about 23 gigabytes of raw data, scans, and photos. End of audio log 19. What? I received an audio message from corporate? Delilah, we are delighted to hear about this discovery. Judging by your audio log, about a third of your data has been received. Additionally, we are assembling a team to take over this research. However, this is not your priority, nor your brief. You are ordered to abandon the cavern and push forward towards the deposit. That is the main objective of this whole expedition. I understand that by pushing forward, you will have to remove the rig, and that will break the seal and expose the cavern to foreign microbials. However, our analysts have determined that any harm done will be of minimal financial consequence for Enron. The deposit, on the other hand, represents a significant investment, the value of which far exceeds what is in the cavern. You are ordered to push through and secure the deposit by any means necessary. Kindly confirm your compliance. Oh God, what am I supposed to do with that? Oh, this is bullshit. After everything and now this? This is wrong. God, think, Delilah, think. I'll have about four days, maybe, before they'll be able to track my progress. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but how? I'll have to figure it out later. Um. Orders received. End of audio log 20. June 23rd. Um, well, this is just my personal log now. I have defied my orders and the rig is still intact. I uploaded a fake audio log and it'll be a few days before they can track my progress. I told the crew what's going on and they're all in on helping me protect the biome. But we kind of just gave up our whole careers. I mean, I've been working here for 13 years. That's over now. We've got a plan. We have to wait till tomorrow to find out if it'll work, but I think we're doing the right thing. End of audio log 21. 
June 24th. Okay, I have a plan and we only have about three days till our progress can be tracked. It's just a waiting game at this point. I only hope that the biome can be saved. I lied and told Enron that one of our drills was down and this might buy us some time if needed, but I'm hoping this will all be resolved by then. I'm exhausted and need to get some sleep. I will detail my plan in tomorrow's audio log. End of audio log 22. Well, it's been another day of waiting. My anxiety is through the roof. (laughs) Uh, I guess I should talk about my plan. I'm pretty proud of it, actually. I had Jamie modify one of the downed drones to fly up to the tunnel closer to the surface where it would be able to transfer a message. I basically created a media packet full of data. It has records, a write-up, and pictures of the biome. It's being sent to an old sorority sister who works for NPR. I'm pretty sure I saw that she recently got promoted. She was always so passionate about reporting. I'm sure she'll do fine. Well, it's kind of the story of the century, I suppose. I've already thrown my career away at this point. I just hope this coverage is enough to save the biome. End of audio log 23. I'm so stressed. I don't know if this plan will work, and if it doesn't, I've doomed the whole crew and failed the biome, which could be humanity's last hope. There are only 57 species of animals left. Even though we are reintroducing more every year via cloning, the record of DNA we have will eventually be exhausted. If we are to have any hope of saving the biodiversity of our planet, this biome could be the key. We need to protect this biome to help ensure that we are custodians of this world and not its downfall. Ugh, I'm so stressed. I can't even do this audio log anymore. End of audio log 24. End of audio log 24. And that was the last audio log of Delilah Donovan, recorded on June 26, 2055. I doubt at the time of recording that Delilah knew the significance of it. I'm sure when she leaked that data packet, she was just hoping to make enough of a splash to save the cradle biome as it's known today. Had she known that her actions would change the world forever, things might have gone down differently. But her story is one that makes us reflect on how deep the ripples of our decisions really go and tells us. If you're willing to do the right thing, anyone can make a difference and change the world for the better. As many of you already know, at the time when Delilah was recording her last audio log, NATO agents were in the middle of a fight against Enron's private militia to secure the oil rig where this crew started their journey. NATO was able to successfully take control of the biome, and this story swept the world. Everyone that was alive knows exactly where they were when the story broke. I don't remember much from 47 years ago, but I remember that morning perfectly. What happened in the following weeks as this unfolded gave me lifelong hope for the future of humanity. The world came together to protect this biome from protest. To social media posts, people made signs and blocked roads. There were walkouts from schools, universities, and offices. It seemed everyone did something to make their voice heard, and the governments of the world stepped in to ensure 
the survival of this cradle of life. It seemed to me at least the first time we all collectively became stewards of this world intent on preserving it, not exploiting it. In your lifetime, we have been rewilding parts of the earth and cloning new species. This all started here with saving this biome. At the time, there were only 92 species left in the world. And despite correcting global warming, we did it a little too late to save many of the species and wildlife that existed here. But the number of species in this biome increased biodiversity on this planet by 47%, which of course is enormous. That really gave us hope, not to mention the wave of progressive laws that were passed in the following decades that have shaped the modern world. These laws, which may seem like common sense to you, were very progressive at the time and took rights away from corporations and gave them back to the people. It might seem odd to you now, but at the time, corporations had more rights and opportunities than individuals. I know, I know, in retrospect, it sounds psychotic, but that's how it was. So in this next chapter, we will be discussing the changes in law, corporate governance and ownership, as well as the economic effects that came about in part due to Delilah's actions. Just to give you all a timeline, we will be working on this chapter for three weeks. Then we will have our midterm on this as well as the previous two chapters. Okay, well, I think that's enough for today. I'll see you all on Wednesday.